Imagine loving your life after 50 and feeling energized and excited about your future. Welcome to the Women in the Middle podcast, the podcast for women who are ready to figure out what they want and create the life they deserve. Here's your host and master certified life coach, Susie Rosenstein. Hey there, welcome back to the podcast, Women in the Middle. I'm your host, Susie Rosenstein, and I am so glad to be here with you again for this week's episode, which is another interview in my series called Weekly Wow with Women in the Middle. As always, these interviews introduce you to amazing women who have something really interesting to share with women in the middle. Today, we're talking about revisioning and redesigning your home after empty nest. I love this topic because so many of you think about empty nest as a loss. And today we're going to be talking about that empty bedroom, that empty space in the basement as a gain, how you can look at this space and have fun with it. This week, I'm thrilled to welcome Toby Fairley to the podcast. Not only is she a woman in the middle who has worked hard on personal development to improve her own life and live intentionally, she's also established herself as a highly successful designer and coach whose award-winning interior design, product design, and ideas have been featured all over the place on television and in publications worldwide. And I think you will recognize some of these. House Beautiful, Veranda, Traditional Home, Huffington Post, HDTV, and more. Toby was even a columnist for Traditional Home Magazine with a feature in each issue chronicling her own home renovation and reveal. How fun is that? Now, Toby and I met at the Life Coach School as she trained to be a life coach herself. Now, she's brought these skills to her new venture called Design You a monthly coaching program where interior designers and creatives can get all of Toby's best course content along with live coaching from Toby in the areas of business, health and wellness and mindset. Totally fun. Toby's also recently launched her new podcast, The Design You Podcast, where she shares her best business practices, her personal journey, all as a working mom and her beliefs about personal development for creating your best life, business and home. I know you're going to love this interview, so buckle up and have fun. Hi, Toby. I am so excited to have you on the Women in the Middle podcast. Welcome. Hey, Susie. Thank you so much for having me. We always talk about life stuff, but today we get to talk about design stuff. So super fun. Super fun. And that was one of the reasons I was so excited to have you here. Uh, because I've always been like a wannabe designer, but I really don't have the skill or the priority <laughs> set in my life to include it in my life. But one of the things that just got me so excited about your message had to do with all of the things that my clients are telling me these days about empty nest and about how sad it is and how tough the transition is. And, you know, I'm always talking about opportunity and I see a huge opportunity when design comes into play about how they can revision their homes to just make them super happy. Yeah, well, you know, I think you're you're so right. I love the idea of reframing also because instead of just looking around and thinking that they're sad, like this room reminds me of my child that just went to college or something like that, why not think this room could be like the key to the rest of my life? This room could be what makes me get up every morning. This room could 
um, you know, be the place that everything I've always dreamed of doing for myself, but never did and stuffed way down that all that stuff can come to life. So I agree with you. Like, why choose sadness? Because you and I know you don't have to choose that thought. Why not choose something like, I'm starting the most exciting project ever now that my kids are gone, right? <laughs> oh my God, that is exactly it. And I know one of the things that really stuck out in my mind as, well, I should take a step back and just uh, say how we met. Um, for some strange reason, I've got women from Arkansas in my life now. <laughs> exactly. All, I say all roads lead to Arkansas. <laughs> I never knew anybody from Arkansas in my life until this year. So this year, has been so funny. I was even in Arkansas. So Toby and I met through the Life Coach School, and I was thrilled um, to meet somebody like Toby, so outgoing and so much to offer um, at the Life Coach School. And then we continued our work together, which has just been fantastic. Yes. Yeah, so you were my, we, you know, I never, I think nothing happens by accident, but you were the master coach that was in charge of my group and me. Uh, and that was a, just over a year ago that we met and we've continued to work together. You've been my coach, which has been fantastic. Um, I love it so much. And um, so, yeah, we've just had the best time getting to know each other. And you've been making my life better all at the same time learning about me and how I could serve your audience. So pretty cool. How fun is that? And honestly, this is one of my favorite things about coaching is all the amazing people I get to meet and help. It's just super, super fun. And one of the things um, that was just so amazing about the work that you've done is that when we first started working together, you were feeling super busy yourself, just busy and overwhelmed and not able to focus on what was really important for you. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So I'm, as you know, <laughs> but your audience doesn't quite yet, I'm a super overachiever kind of uh, personality. I love to get a lot of stuff done. I'm a huge thinker and dreamer and visionary. And so I always push myself really hard. And so although I'm not quite 50, I still, you know, really relate to your audience so much because I've done enough in my lifetime to be, you know, 50 or 70 or something else. And when you get to, <laughs> you know, when you get to that kind of middle point, and you start looking around and you're like, I don't, I just, I don't know. I don't know if I feel the way I thought I would and the way I want to. And am I still fulfilled or am I just tired? So when we met, that's really where I, I had, I was kind of really coming out of that. I was coming out of a really what I call my second time to burn out in my career. Um, and that's why I really added this whole life coaching piece because I knew not only was it my mindset that needed work, but all the other women that I work with, whether it's in their homes, designing their homes, or all of the interior designers and creatives that I coach, I knew that the mindset piece was huge. And so um, finding Brooke and the Life Coach School and then finding you was, you know, such an amazing path to take me from, like a lot of your listeners, feeling like, is this enough? And is this what I want to really stepping into a life that I've created exactly the way I want it to be on purpose over the last, we were just talking earlier today, over the last nine months, if not 12 or so, I've completely transformed the way I live. And it's not that I got rid of all my, the things I was doing. I just really kind of enhanced all of those because I started making specific choices of doing things I love and saying no to all the things that weren't serving me, thoughts and activities and actions included. And yeah, so here I am in 
really probably the best place I've ever been in my life. And it can happen so quickly, which is a great thing for your audience to know, right? Because they can feel down one minute that they're feeling like empty nesters or like midlife stuff. And then all of a sudden, six, nine, 12 months later, they can feel like a completely different human being. Oh my gosh, that's so right, Toby. And it's been amazing to watch you grow and soar and really just press pause on your life so you have a chance to think to think about what you really want. And that's what I really wanted to talk to you about today because so many women in the middle come to this point where their house starts to feel a little bit different or their home, I should say, because not everybody lives in a house. It doesn't matter where it is. It's just where you reside. And what happens is when you're getting older and you have children, they start to leave. (laughs) (laughs) Darn it. (laughs) or yay. (laughs) Exactly. It's a bit of both. And so I kind of see your work as a microcosm of, you know, bringing the intentional living and really thinking about what you want home to roost to make a little empty nest pun. But the thing is that um, so many women our age don't have a clue what they want because they've been so out of practice thinking about it because everybody else comes first and it's so easy to put everybody else first to the point that it almost feels a little indulgent to even think about what you want. And I can totally see that happening with your home. In fact, we made a decision like that where, well, I did. (laughs) I I got buy-in eventually, but I don't know, about five or seven years ago, I thought to myself, you know what? I really want to take certain family vacations with the kids. I wanted to experience some things that I knew we were going to run out of time to do if I didn't make it a priority. Like I Mm -hmm. wanted to take sailing, uh, a sailing vacation. And I wanted to go to Costa Rica, things that were big ticket items and would require a lot of effort. And I knew that my 1963 Brady Bunch bathrooms were going to have to wait (laughs) for me to be able to prioritize travel. So now we're um, on the verge of taking that last planned vacation as family. All my kids are gone now. And I'm thinking, all right, are those bathroom's going to hit the priority list again. And if I only have so much money to spend, what really needs to get done? So just we're at the very beginning of starting to think about how we want to use our space and how our space will serve us best now that we have a bit of a different reality with the kids coming and going and the kids being young adults. What do you see with your clients on this kind of topic? Well, uh, this I love this topic. It's honestly, I don't exclusively work with empty nesters and women in the middle like you do, but I definitely have, I would say the bulk of my clients are between, um, say 40 and 60 for the most part. Um, And what, since I really shifted my own really life philosophy, I shifted my business philosophy to go with it because I think I'm at my best when I'm pouring what I'm passionate about into my clients' lives. So in the way that in life coaching, we talk about is that thought serving you to hold on to it? That's the same way I look at the house for these clients. Is your home serving you? Is it working for you? Is it an ally or is it an obstacle? You know, is it, does it make your life harder than it has to be? Or does it make it easier um, because of the way you've designed it and um, organized it and decluttered it and all of those things? And so that's what happens with my clients when they come to me. In a sense, like your client's coming to you, they don't really know what's wrong, but they know something's wrong. Um, And they know it's not working for them. And there's either like it's too cluttered or um, there's not enough space for all of us or now there's too much space and we don't know what to do with it. 
Um, and so they bring a list of problems. And that's really where we started the, at that point of saying, well, let's make this house work for you. How is it serving you? And we dig into what their wishes are. And like you said, a lot of times, especially when my clients are at that phase of their kids having grown up and moved away and maybe they're starting to have grandkids or people are coming only mainly for holidays and that sort of thing. Um, they have to stop and really get in touch with what they want. And it's been so long since so many of those people did that. Or they might have known early on years ago what they wanted, but they didn't believe they could have it or should have it then, you know, like we can't have white furniture because we have three toddlers and two dogs or whatever their, their reasons and their beliefs were. Um, and just like in life coaching, it's fascinating how those same beliefs spill over into how they live in their home, how they use their home, giving themselves permission to really, in a sense, like you said, be a little indulgent. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like we have, maybe have this belief of, oh, I shouldn't. I shouldn't do that. That's selfish or that's indulgent. But I think you absolutely should. Why not? If your home can't nurture you, every day and it's the place that most of us spend at least half our time in maybe not the majority of it depending on if you work out of the house or not but if you don't work out of the house then it is like the only place you hang out for the most part and so you know when when you go to a say a hotel or a resort and you feel so good and nurtured and loved and supported to me it's just really a crime that that only happens occasionally when you go away instead of that being your standard for how you live in your house and how it serves and supports you your interests your habits your hobbies your family and all of those oh my gosh that's so good and you know it's funny about i i think it was when we bought this house it was about 10 years ago uh we had the kitchen renovated because the kitchen was original 1963 and uh, there was no question. It it wasn't functioning. <laughs> Nothing worked. Uh -huh. And it was hallucious. So anyway, <laughs> we, we did renovate the kitchen and I uh, had to buy a table and chairs. And the first big purchase I made, I sweated over. And I got the table for a huge discount. It was 250 bucks. It was a going out of sale, a going out of business sale. But then I needed the chairs and I knew that I was not going to skimp on the chairs. So mm -hmm. I tested about 100 chairs <laughs> in the city That's of awesome. Toronto and beyond. And I ended up in a design store and I found the perfect chair. Not only did it look perfect, but it was ergonomically designed. And I thought to myself, it's probably going to be the chair I sit in the most in my house. It's in the kitchen. My kitchen's renovated. It's finally going to be pretty. There's mm -hmm. a skylight. It's gorgeous. And these, are, these chairs were stackable, and they could also be used in the dining room uh, cool. as an addition to make when we made the table bigger. And so I had to negotiate with my husband, but I just kept saying, you know what? They were on sale, but it was still more money than I'd ever spent. And I just thought, this is it. Like, I really think this makes sense. It's ergonomic. We need it. And we're going to be sitting on this chair a lot of the time. And you know what? I haven't looked back. I love those chairs every time we sit in them. Well, I definitely am of that same mindset. And I encourage my clients to have fewer but better things. And, you know, so often we think we can't afford something or it's such a splurge. But we're not thinking about how much money we waste all the time. And I, I watch people try to decorate their homes or try to make it feel better by continuing to buy what I call like filler stuff 
things that don't mean anything to them, chairs that aren't comfortable, little tchotchkes and things and bookshelves and pieces of art. And they're like, oh, if I just get, you know, a, a, pay, a picture on that wall over there, I'll feel better. But it's really not about just filling the space. It's about creating a space that truly does work for you, that inspires you, that connects with you. And even if that takes time for you to do that because of your budget, I think just like you said, being so mindful of your choices and making sure that everything in your house is something that you truly love. Um, I think that's so much more important to the home working for you than to just put things in it. I mean, things are yeah. just things to dust and they have no <laughs> meaning. And later on, if you're like me, they eventually go in a garage sale and so I just surround myself truly with things that I love. I would rather have a smaller home um, and have it perfectly, you know, equipped to support my needs. If that, you know, if, if it's a choice between a big house and a small house, you know, just really thoughtful decisions. How am I, like you said, how am I going to use this? Who's going to sit here? How often are we going to sit here? How tall are the people that are going to sit here? What else are we going to use this space for? And really just thinking through, you know, all of those little details of, um, of making those choices. And it makes you so much more confident because I know that for designers, it's easy for us to say, Oh sure. That's the right piece for you. But when you're not a designer and you're on the other side and you're thinking this is a big investment, I, if it doesn't work, I can't just get rid of, I can't just buy a whole new sofa. If this isn't the right sofa, it has to be the perfect decision. Um, and so really just going through your, to me, that kind of list in your mind or even writing it down and just thinking through all of those parts and pieces and asking, is this going to work for us? Is this going to inspire us? Um, and, and that really leads you to the right answer. Yeah, more often than not. What, what's the wrong way to choose it is all the fears. What if it gets broken? What if it gets stained? What if it's, we don't like it in six months? What if, you know, just like in life coaching, the fears are always the wrong thing to lead you to your decision. Oh so, yeah, totally true. Mm -hmm. Totally so, true. One thing I really wanted to dive into though, were some creative ways to use that extra piece of real estate that pops oh, yeah. up when the kids leave. So I know you must have seen a lot of things and a lot of ways that people use that bedroom space when the kids leave. And also we've got basement space, but I don't want to touch the basement space because I know they're going to be coming and going for 10 years and, right. and then hopefully they will be grandchildren and this and that. But I do have my eye on one of the three bedrooms. Now, I know I can't quite take it over yet, but I had um, somebody on the podcast recently actually talked about uh, the way she used her daughter's bedroom was to turn it into an art studio. And that really was the beginning of her completely identifying with being an artist full time. So what are some fun things that you've seen clients do with that spare bedroom? Oh, gosh. You know, honestly, like you're saying, it's kind of the sky is the limit. Art studios, yoga studios, um, workout spaces, um, let's see what, you know, just kind of like a, a, like what they call, you know, there's some funny commercials right now on TV. I think that uh, a lady calls it her she shed in the backyard is burning down. It's like, a, you know, it's like a, uh, a, an insurance commercial or something. She's like, oh no, there goes my she shed. But you know, like men are allowed to have man caves, but what about the woman cave? Like, what do you want to use it for? And 
my favorite thing to do is really create multi-purpose spaces in your house, no matter what room you're talking about. So if you're thinking, well, I can't have an art studio yet because my daughter's still going to come home. There are so many amazing ways from beautiful upscale Murphy beds that fold up into the wall to beautiful day beds that look like a sofa but fit a twin mattress sheet for someone to sleep on or that have a trundle that pull out. I mean, there's so many cool ways that you can combine a sleeping space and other things in a room um, to make it work. So in my own house, I only have one daughter and we have three bedrooms upstairs. So I love that we have a guest room. She has a room and then the other room really is that space that I made for me. So my husband has the kind of study or a little bit like a man cave downstairs. And then up in my space, which is what I'm in right now, it's a yoga studio. I literally have this amazing contraption on the wall that's a yoga wall, yogawall.com. And it's got all these like a ballet bar and all this cool stuff. Oh my so I do God. Yoga. Yeah, I do yoga in here. And then over in one side, I built in a desk. So I work in here. Um, my daughter had a sleepover recently and we threw a blow up mattress on the floor and three or four of her volleyball team members slept in here. So you can truly make a space work in multiple ways. There's a TV on the wall when I do want to do like a workout video. I mean, literally there's 10 different purposes happening in this one room. So when people get afraid that, oh, I can't really go there yet. You know what? There's so many ways that you can. And so, for example, if you were going to create an art studio, you're probably not going to want to have carpet on the floor. And maybe the, the bedroom was carpeted, but you can totally put hardwood down, maybe have a rug that folds up. And when a guest comes, you put it in front of that day bed. And there you have the space that can be multi-purpose. And when you're not painting in there, you can lay on the day bed and read a book. But really just thinking about the ways that the space could nurture you, that could, it could help you be more creative, um, and really just bring out all of those wants and wishes that you have been tucking away for so many years and letting yourself bring those to life. Because it doesn't have to be an either or. It doesn't have to just be the art studio. It can be something more than that. And it could work yeah. for more people than you. Your husband could work out in there too, for example, if it's, you know, the workout space and the art studio. So yeah, just being a little open-minded about the possibilities, I think is very helpful. I love that. And one of the things that I find a real bonus with the kids being gone is that you can leave things out. Oh, so yeah. one of the things I do is I create uh, beaded wire jewelry and, um, keep us hair accessories for Jewish women. And, um, but I have a lot of beads and anybody who has a hobby, if you're a quilter or you sew or you knit, um, you have a lot of fabric or yarn and I have beads. So if you're a beater out there, I know that you've got beads too. And I kind of took over a table that used to be used for the kids when they had group projects. Mm -hmm. And now I've got my beading. I don't love that I leave it out all the time, but I can leave it out all the time. You can if you want to, yeah. And I, I'm, I crave organization. I'm so organized. And so I would, if that were me, I would just create a closet or a built-in cabinet that holds all of those beads that, beads that maybe has retractable doors or something to cover them up. Because if you open the closet that I created in my yoga room, if you open it up, there's my massage table because I do at-home massage um, therapy with a friend who comes over and gives me those because she's amazing like you. I, have, I surround myself with all these amazing women. So I have my yoga teacher come over to this room. I have my massage therapist come over to this room. Um, and everything tucks away. My yoga props go in there. The, the massage table's in there. There's a little mini refrigerator in there. 
So it can be as organized as I want it to be. All my office supplies are in there. And you can do that if you think ahead and plan ahead. So, you know, you know, I love that. A closet maybe for clothing. So you could do built in shelving and containers. And before you know it, you open it up and it's so rewarding. It, I can just see a little closet like that with full of your beads and your all of your um, craft things, which is so much fun. Uh, but at the same time, then it doesn't feel cluttered. It feels, you know, again, like it's working for you and serving you. Yeah, I can see that that's a step that we definitely need to take. And one of the things I, I can tell that we need to revisit is some of those organizational things that when we bought the house, we were in a very different stage of life and we were just really busy and hectic and getting through and we had a big renovation that we were dealing with. And now we're going into this other phase. So I can really see that almost starting over from scratch and looking at what we need our space to do would be a really good exercise. In fact, there was a space in the house that was very underused. It's in the back of the house and the back of the house is kind of like this very wide, um, what's the, the width of the house, this space, and half of it's a family room with a TV, and the other half was a bar. In the 1970s, it was a big deal to have these big bars. So we got this big, weird bar, um, and <laughs> I, I had the birdcage there, but we weren't really using the space other than when the kids had homework assignments with groups of kids. So... I was thinking I needed an office space and I couldn't, I didn't feel good about kicking a kid out of a bedroom just yet. So I took over this back part of the house. Mm -hmm. And like I said, it was completely underused. I'm in this space right now. I've got a giant picture window here. I can see trees and squirrels and I put a bird bath right outside the window. And I've been watching the birds have a great time in there because mm -hmm. I found on Facebook, I found this little gadget called a solar fountain. Oh, cool. And it's a little fountain that you stick, you float in a bird bath. And honestly, it has become one of my favorite little gadgets. Um, the birds have the best time in that bird bath. I have seen like eight birds at a time getting in there, having fun, splashing. <laughs> it's so cool. Cute. But I can see that this space to take it to the next level, because I just used furniture that I had kicking around and and it's not very efficient. It's certainly not attractive. But I can see that I probably need to add French doors to block, to block it off, but to yes. still have light. And I think I would really like to think through how I can use the space better. And that actually brings me to the next thing I wanted to ask you about um, on the topic of repurposing space and trying to, I don't know, keep your budget in mind and save money as you're moving things around and using your space better. I wanted to ask you about paint because I yes. know that paint can be said to be one of the cheapest ways to refresh and reconsider your space. And I know that color has such a strong impact on our emotions. And I was just wondering if you could talk a little bit about space and color and what you see happening with trends and how we can use color to feel more peaceful and more free in the space that we have. Okay, yes. Well, I, this is one of my favorite topics. And when your um, viewers go out to my website, they're going to be like, oh my gosh, does she ever love color? Because I <laughs> love to use color. Um, but people make the assumption that when you use color, that it means a lot of color on the walls. And it's not always just on the walls. So kind of speaking to your point of what you were saying a second ago of starting from scratch, it's exactly what I did when I did my home renovation two years ago. We bought a house. 
moved in, had to live here for a little while just because I was too busy to do my own project. And in that two years, that's, I did what you're talking about. I basically did a case study of our own home. And I would walk around and make notes and take photos and say, oh, the, all the clutter lands here. Or we all like to relax in this space. And we didn't think we would use that space that much. But here we all are piled in it. And, and so not only thinking about storage and things like we were talking about earlier, but with the colors, it's really important to think through, like you're saying, the color psychology um, behind why you select a paint for any given space. So you want to think about how cooler colors like blues and greens and things you find in nature definitely are going to be more relaxing and calming, which is pretty obvious. Um, if you want to be really energized and productive, you might want a brighter color. Yellow is supposed to be really great for productivity. Now, that doesn't mean you have to paint your walls yellow because you can also use other things like fabric for drapery, curtains, you know, pillows, all that kind of stuff to in artwork to infuse color in. So yes, paint is a cheaper way if you do want to go bold with a color on the wall, but a lot of times the more comfortable spaces to me, even though mine have a lot of color in it, a lot of times the walls are a more softer neutral shade or softer version of a blue or a gray. Um, and then I bring in a lot of the punchy colors in things that have more texture because they're not quite as overwhelming. So a bright pink, a bright blue, a bright yellow in a fabric has a completely different feel than putting that on the wall. You know, when it has the texture of the fabric, the light doesn't bounce off of it in the same way. If you were to go select a cobalt blue for your walls, it's going to feel like you're, you've been, you know, electrified, plugged in. <laughs> uh, but, but I absolutely love cobalt. And so painting a room soft gray and then bringing in a velvet cobalt pillow that's electric and throwing it on a sofa. Now that is a way to have the perfect mix of calmness and warmth and punch and excitement all wrapped into one space. And I think that's what a lot of times people struggle with that they can't quite make their room look like a designer would. It's in the layering and really starting to study inspiration pictures that you love and noticing that in your mind this room is cobalt, but really it's only two pillows and maybe an ottoman in front of the sofa that's actually blue. And if you pay attention, everything else is a soft shade of gray, uh, if that makes sense. Oh, that totally makes sense. I love that. And that actually um, leads me to my next question about noticing how you feel when you're observing even those inspiration photos that you're clipping from magazines yes. get ideas. Because one of the things that so many of my clients talk about is uh, this shift from leaving a really chaotic, busy time in their life to wanting to be more present. And so I was wondering if you could talk about design and color with that idea in mind. If when people want to become more present, they know they need to slow down. They still struggle with it. It's not that they don't have anything to do, but they want to be more intentional about their time and mm -hmm. they just want to be able to focus and, uh, and be much more present when they're going about their day-to-day -day lives. Well, you know, the thing that comes to mind first is really the opposite of what most people think when they start to try to make design decisions and think about creating something that they're going to like long term. So what I find is a lot of people try to go really safe with their decisions and really, that's just kind of a code word for boring. 
or uninspiring, <laughs> you know? Totally. Um, and so like in my own home, my kitchen cabinets are the perfect shade of pale blue. Um, and I love that space more than anything. It's almost everybody that comes into my home's favorite room. So it is relaxing, which is great because a lot of kit times kitchens are not relaxing. They're like the hub of the house and there's a lot of actual noise. So keeping it toned down to where there's not a lot of visual noise is a great balance. But just the fact that I didn't paint my cabinets white or stain them brown, but I picked pale blue, which is really unusual, um, makes me love to be at my home. It makes me want to slow down and pour a, a glass of sparkling water or wine or, you know, hang out and cook in that space because it is just so beautiful. And so I think that really listen to, like you're saying, listen to your heart. When you see inspiration pictures and you notice that you keep loving every photo that has, you know, an aqua kitchen island or a red sofa or, you know, something else that seems out of the box for you, don't ignore that. Don't say that, you know, oh, that, that, that's wonderful, but I could never do that. Or that wouldn't be a wise decision because I've found that actually going safe is the most boring and uninspiring thing that makes you not want to slow down and stay in that space. And if there's something oh, that you yeah. truly love that you connect with that you feel like really kind of lights you up, then that's when you're like, you know what? I love my house and I'm done with having my days just too busy to even enjoy it. And that's really how I created my own home. Like I get up in the morning and I'm so happy the minute my eyes open and I look around my bedroom, I can see into the kitchen, I can pour a cup of coffee and walk out into the living room. Every one of those spaces is so pretty, so organized, so decluttered, and truly they make me want to slow down and just really soak it all in. Um, oh yeah, I love that. And you touched on your bedroom. That's another question I wanted to ask you about. I have felt, um, until actually right now that we're talking about it, <laughs> I have never been able to prioritize our bedroom because it just seemed like it was the last thing on the list. Like one of the ways I always prioritized renovation would be, is it ugly and broken? Like it can't just be ugly. It had to be <laughs> ugly and oh my God, it's falling through the ceiling. <laughs> or oh my God, there's actual snowflakes being blown through the crack in the door. So, um... The bedroom, I just always thought like that is too indulgent to spend money on a bedroom when the kids need so much and we're saving for university and all this other stuff. Can you talk a little bit about the, I, what I would imagine you'll say the importance of defining that space and prioritizing it? You know, I kind of equate that to self-care. You know how self-care has become like the big buzzword that everybody's into now and we're like, we believe it because we're like, yeah, I absolutely do need more self-care. I do need to take an Epsom salt bath. I do need to go for a walk in the afternoon just to get some fresh air. Like, why am I working this hard if I'm not even going to, you know, spend any time feeling better, enjoying my life? And that's really kind of how the bedroom is too. Like you, yeah, a lot of times you're in there, the lights are off, you're sleeping, so you're not seeing it. But it's the first thing that greets you every single day when you open your eyes. And it's the last thing that you see before you go to sleep at night. And to me, 
that makes it a really big priority. Like, why would you not want that space to be something that literally starts your day off the way you want it to every day and helps you get a good night's rest? So my bedroom is beautiful. It's actually, believe it or not, covered in wallpaper that's kind of a Chinese scene. And it's all these trees and birds and stuff. And my, it's so funny. It's a little bit feminine, but not especially. Um, and my husband loves it. And I think it's because it's so relaxing. It feels like you are in nature, like you're wrapped in this kind of forest. It, it, your blood pressure just goes down when you go into that space. And being a room that is not one that you'd necessarily have a whole lot of other furnishings and things in, it's a perfect place to use wallpaper or a decorative painting technique or a great color because there's not a lot else happening in the space a lot of times. So, um, so I, I personally think it's one of the most important spaces and right or wrong, because some people say you shouldn't really do this. I spend a ton of time in my bedroom doing other things. I spend time there relaxing. I spend time there watching television. I spend time there working on my laptop. So for me, it's not just for sleeping. And yeah, that might not be the best habit necessarily for always relaxing, but it's really how I work. And so sometimes right or wrong, we just have to go, well, I know I should not be working in here, but I do. So how do I make this work for me? How do I make this work for my husband or, you know, your spouse, your significant other? Um, and it really, going back to that idea of this is the, the first thing we see every day. How do I make this space help me get up on the right side of the bed essentially every morning uh, and be happy that the day is there? And I, re I can think back to before I did my home renovation, what that, the bedroom was one of the spaces that was the most dated. And so I thought I was going to live here for six months before I renovated. It ended up being two and a half years. And I really believe that I almost was depressed from living in that space. It took a toll on me. It was just a boring brown. The carpet was dated and dirty. The bathroom was really dated. It had like this gigantic garden tub from the 80s. And, you know, it just was so uninspiring. And being in the profession I'm in especially and being so moved by visual, um, you know, by the aesthetics and the beauty visually, it took a toll on me. So I bet your space takes a lot more of a toll on a lot of you than you even believe it does. It zaps your energy. If the lighting is bad, it can really drain you. Um, lighting's really important. So, so I just think it's for sure a place that you want to prioritize. Wow, that's so interesting. And I am thinking about it, like as you're talking, my head is spinning. And the one thing that comes to mind that has been very, uh, it's really been bothering me lately. It kind of surprises me, but it's the actual weight of my comforter, my yes. duvet. Mm -hmm. And so I remember it was a silk filled something, I don't know, and I, I don't mind the fabric at all, but the weight of it is not what I prefer to sleep. And it's so funny that I don't even think I would have noticed this until I switched to it. And I think I purchased the one I purchased because I think it was cooler but I find that I really prefer a weight, more weight on me when yeah. I'm sleeping. So I'm the same way. I okay. like a lot of weight. My husband likes none. So it, when he gets in the bed at night, he flops the whole thing over on top of me. So I have double the weight and he has a sheet and it's perfect. <laughs> like a match made in heaven. But you know, this is where I go back to that idea of a hotel room. And really, I do think about that in my own home and with my clients. Every decision we make, I want your home to make you feel good. And if it's not, then that is a problem. 
and there is always a solution and not all solutions are going to be expensive or you can plan for them and and save for them or get something for Christmas or a birthday or whatever but it's just so important to me that your environment nurtures and supports you and so to me that's another reason why the bedroom and the bed itself is so important the mattress the pillows the duvet the weight of the blankets the you know all of it um you know how often you change your sheets i mean nothing feels better to me than getting in a clean bed and i do it once a week but i really think i want to wash my sheets twice a week or buy some extra sets because that in and of itself just nurtures me makes me sleep better and we're just we ignore all these little signs you know how we ignore all those thoughts in life coaching that come into our head and we're like wait a minute I've been ignoring this for like five years and I just noticed it was trying to tell me something well our homes really tell us something too all of those little things like you're talking about are telling us something all the time. Toby, I'm cracking up because when you mentioned the sheets, so one of the things that happens with empty nest. <laughs> is you never change your sheets? Well, you know, you have to talk to your kids about changing their sheets. So you send them off, <laughs> so you send them off with two pairs of sheets and you explain. And then, of course, the whole laundry thing becomes an issue. And I had the funniest thing happen when the kids went off to school. I had a feeling they'd never change their sheets, but I wasn't right. sure. So they go off to school, and then what happened was one of my friend's sons was checking out the university where my son had gone, so they wanted to pop in and visit him and ask him some questions, so they did, and I got this full report home that his room stunk, <laughs> and I was like, why does his room stink? So it, sure enough, it was the laundry situation, and oh, this gosh. is what I found with all the kids is they, they don't enjoy laundry, like who does, but they let their laundry pile up and it stinks. Yes. So between the, la the laundry and then they don't change their sheets. And the reason you can tell they don't change the sheets is because when they move back or move back for the summer, that second pair is folded. <laughs> the way you folded them with the corners tucked in. <laughs> Yeah, I can relate. When my daughter goes to camp for two weeks in the summer and we pick her up afterwards, oh my gosh, we can hardly ride home in the car with her, you know, laundry that's just been wet and like, you know, piled up for two weeks. So, ew. Um, but yes, and so we certainly don't want that in our lives. Um, no. <laughs> but at the point of the empty nest, I think we can be so indulgent to even say, okay, now we're buying a third set of sheets because we're changing the sheets twice a week because that nurtures us and makes us feel good. So, oh my God, so, sheets yeah. and towels. In fact, today, oh, gosh, yes. today I was um, drying off after the shower and I noticed that I actually loved the size of my, sh my towel, but it was so thin. And I thought to myself, why? Why am I using this towel that is the perfect size but is the complete wrong weight? And where do you get a nice towel? And what should I – I mean, this is ridiculous. So many decisions <laughs> in the house, aren't there? There's so, so many decisions. But I love, I love what we've been talking about because really the idea is that we can be more intentional about so many parts of our yes. lives and to just be really, really uh, aware – of what our thoughts are about our space and what we want and to allow ourselves to want what we want and to also notice our feelings and to know that this is an opportunity. It's an opportunity where we can make decisions again based on what we want, based on how we want to use the space. Yeah. And I love thinking about everything in midlife as an opportunity. So 
<laughs> Thanks for I helping agree. shed some light on this. Oh, gosh, yes, I agree. I think that you're exactly right. Being intentional and just there's so many decisions in a house. Um, and I do tune into my feelings all the time. You know that um, that Marie Kondo book that everybody went crazy over with the organizing and my husband totally. la- made so much fun of it because he's like, you really want me to hold a sweater up to my chest and say, does this bring me joy? And we laughed over it. <laughs> but as silly as that may sound to some people, like it's so true. And with every decision in your house, it's true. Um, if it doesn't bring you joy, get rid of it. It's like, you know, we wear, we, most of us wear the same few items of clothing over and over because they feel the best. Well, that's how our houses are. But most of us store tons and tons of stuff that we don't need, that we don't want, that we don't even like anymore. Some people even have storage pods and facilities and things that they're not even just fitting it in their house, but there's even, you know, storing it somewhere. And I just want to encourage everybody to be so tuned in to their feelings about every decision they make in their home because that's when you really start to change your existence and especially things like um, clutter or if you constantly feel like you can't keep your house straight it means you have way too much stuff I mean so many of us have drawers that are full of things we don't even use and everything we own ends up on top of the countertops or in a chair right so how about starting the process at midlife for the first time, like you said, and just readdressing and reassessing every part of your home and say, is it working for me? And is this stuff something I love? And if you hear yourself going, well, I don't really love it, but my mom gave it to me, then take a picture of it and store it, you know, in your iCloud so you remember it and move it on to someone else who can be using it and create a home and a space that really supports you, nurtures you, inspires you, and, and that you feel your best in because that's that's my mission is to help everyone's home do that for them. Oh my gosh, that's so good, Toby. Thank you so much for all of this. And I, I know you have an exciting program called Design You. Can you talk a little bit about that? Because I know there are some people who are going to want to check it out. And oh, also yeah. your podcast. Yes. Okay. So my podcast is really, my, my podcast and my program are both called Design You and they are for designers and creatives who I say have been designing everyone else for all these years, but really didn't design themselves and what they wanted in their lives. So I help people um, say no to busy, get rid of all the things about their life and their job and career that they don't love and say yes to more health, wealth, and joy. So it's all about creating both a business and a life that you love for all of these creative women entrepreneurs who have just been as just like your women in the middle, giving everything of themselves for so long and thinking surely eventually I'll have more time or I'll make more money and it just never shows up. So you have to be intentional and decide to get rid of all the things that aren't working and say yes to more of the things that do work. And that's exactly what we do both on the podcast and in the program. Fantastic. And for those of you who want to check out Toby's uh, blog, podcast, all of her material and her new program, just go to tobyfairly.com forward slash design you or just your website, tobyfairly.com. That's T-O-B-I-F-A-I-R-L-E-Y.com. And of course, I'll have the website in the show notes. Toby, thank you so much for sharing your vast amount of knowledge as a designer and a creator and a creative person and an entrepreneur. You've been doing it so long. I really, really appreciate your insight and 
everything you had to offer here today on the podcast. Oh, such a pleasure. Thank you for asking me. I mean, so many people talk about design all the time, but very few people talk about it from this perspective. And so I just really love to share this message of creating a life and a business and a home that you truly love. So thanks for letting me talk about that today. Awesome. Take good care. Thank you. Bye. That's it for this episode. So many of my clients think about Empty Nest as a loss, as something sad in so many ways. I think you'll agree how much Toby helped us start to dream a little bit more about how to have fun in your home, even when the kids leave, even when they fly the coop. If you like what you've heard, just head over to the Women in the Middle podcast on iTunes and leave me a review. Check out the show notes with more information and links at www.susierosenstein.com. And I have an important question to ask you. See, we're at the end here. You thought that was it. (laughs) The question is, do you wish you could fall in love with your 50s? You're not alone if you do. Sometimes it feels like it's an uphill battle. And that's why I am pretty darn excited about my new one-year coaching program called The 50 Unplugged Mastermind. It is perfect for you when you believe you're older and wiser and ready to finally put your own needs on the priority list for a change. (laughs) It's all about celebrating opportunity. It's about unplugging from the stereotypes about what you can't do because of your age and confidently focusing on what you can do regardless of how old you are. It's about possibility, growth, excitement, and freedom. How great is that? And the best part, you get to be part of an amazing community of women who want the same thing. Learn more about this unique and totally fun year-long coaching experience for women who are turning 50 or in their 50s or 50-ish, somewhere around there, who are committed to getting excited about their lives again. You have waited long enough, my friend. It's time to celebrate opportunity in your 50 Unplugged life. You can read all about it and apply at www.talktosusie.com. You'll book a 10-minute call with me and see if 50 Unplugged is a good fit for you. Easy. Can't wait to see your name in my calendar. Let's do this, ladies, one creative opportunity at a time. Thanks so much for listening. 